everyone. My name is Marielle, and I'm the founder of Travel Experiences Reimagined, the podcast for travel enthusiasts, wanderlusts, and adventure seekers, craving to learn more about tours and excursions from all over the world through the eyes of a new tour guide or host each episode. Hi, everyone. When you go on a walking tour, you naturally think of somebody who talks about history and culture. Am I right? Would you ever consider going on a tour where you learn about the architecture and buildings of a city? I am delighted to have on my guest Barney, founder of If Buildings Could Talk Tour, based in Belfast, Ireland, where he loves to talk about history, but also sprinkle his personal stories that aren't so simple to find online. Barney believes that every building has a story to tell, especially in Belfast. Welcome, Barney. Did I miss anything? No, you didn't, but um, I think you're bumming me up a bit better than I am. <laughs> oh, that's okay. we That's the goal, right? I want to get everybody really excited and jazzed about you. But I'd love to start off every episode with a bit of your background, right? I'd love to know, have you lived in other places? Do you know other languages? Just to give the listeners a little bit more of an idea about you. Right. Well, I haven't lived in other places and um, I left school at 15, so I'm struggling with my own language, never mind someone else's language. And I went on to the building sites. So I became a bricklayer and I spent a lot of time in the early days then um, bricklaying around Belfast. So um, the town that I am from there, the village that I'm from is about 30 miles north of Belfast. So that's where you went to at that time. That's where most of the work was, was in the the city. Basis of some of my stories came from that, from having worked in the city. And then I went from bricklaying into the poker business. I was running poker tournaments for 10 years. And then from that, I went back into construction. So I'm currently working with my brothers. I've two brothers have a construction company called Satanta Construction, and they would work with high-end insulation houses. And I'm working with them. And then I want to get out of the building business because I reckon there's not another 10 years life in my body for construction. I always take walking tours in any city that I go to and really enjoy them. But the the stories that I like the best when I'm on tour are the ones that have an interesting twist or a quirky wee story to them. And I thought, I wonder if I set up a tour like that in Belfast, would people be interested in it? And I spent 10 months then setting it up i work in the building sites monday to thursday i take off friday and i do the tours on saturday and sunday but for those first 10 months when i was setting it up i was taking friday and saturday and going into belfast and plotting my route and picking the buildings from one stop to the next so some of the stories i had from one stop one story to the next story was quite a bit of a walk and i thought right i'm going to need at least two stories in between here and i would have walked past the buildings and looked at them and talked to people and uh, search things online and that's what i did for 10 months pulling the whole package together yeah wow first of all i want to get into your story for a second because i love how tour guides come from all different parts when it comes to work and their life and where they've lived but for you you still do construction and doing this on the side you must have just such passion and joy for this so i'm really excited to actually get into your tours which doing other tours is one thing but actually starting your own business of doing a walking tour is, I'm sure, completely different when you have to come up with the ideas. You are the leader of the group. You have the stories to share. So tell me a little bit of logistics first. I'd love to know. You offer them Saturday, Sunday. What times do you offer them? Are they public tours? How long are they? Give me a little bit of a summary of what a tourist can expect when going on your tours. 
Okay, the, the tours are, there's two tours on a Saturday, two on a Sunday, 10 o'clock and 1 o'clock. And the tour lasts for two hours and we cover two miles. And in that time, we stop off at 18 different places. So it's quite a few. Normally, a walking tour has about eight or 10, but I have 18. Um, wow. How do you manage that, right? What Do you just kind of stop, say a story and go on? Or are you just kind of breezing through these 18 places? Um, no, I would stop at each one of them. It's not a walk past story. You know, you would stop at each, at each one and tell the story to it. But um, what I have found on tours that I've done in other cities, there's times where there's a real brilliant wee story to a building, but they spend about five minutes building up to it, right? Where I would spend a minute building up to it and then give the punchline of the story of the real interesting thing that happened at that building, you know, and try and get more interesting stories in rather than have a few that are quite long stories. Um, I would have maybe three stories that are quite long, that are quite interesting. Now, at the very start of the tour, two of the long stories would be at the start of the tour, and you'd think, at this, if you take the tour at the start, you think, this is going to last more than two hours if he has 18 stops like this, you know? But um, <laughs> one of the stories I have is about a boy called John Lenehan, and he was caught up in four different bomb attacks during the Troubles. So the first story that I'm telling about John takes about six or seven minutes. But then the next ones are just wee short stories later on in the tour. So when I finish the first one, I finish saying, has John been lucky or unlucky during the Troubles? Find out later in the tour, we have John Lenehan part two. And then the wee quick short story later on. And by the way, has John been lucky or unlucky during the Troubles? Find out later in the tour, we have John Lenehan part three. So those his next two wee stories are very short, but they're really important to the, the bomb attacks that he was caught up in during the Troubles. So this is almost storytelling, right? And a lot of times when you do a walking tour, when I've done a walking tour myself, and I'm sure other listeners listening to this, you naturally get facts, right? Maybe there's some quirky things in between, but it's never this storytelling, right? It's never this idea of starting a story, going on a tour, then continuing the story, going on the tour, and then ending on a high note with the story, right? Yes. So I love that you make that intricate as part of your experience. And another question I have for you too is how many people do you, you do at max capacity for your tours as well? Um, at the minute now, my maximum would be 20, but um, I'm still fresh and starting off and I'm generally two, four, six are my, the groups that I'm getting. Sure, but, um, that's totally fair. <laughs> I, had, I had a group of 18 one day, and I just know that 20 would be my max at the minute. Um, do you know okay. the tours that you get where you have everybody has the personal earpiece? Yes. Well, if I was going to go more than 20, I would need the personal earpiece. But That's I, fair. I don't think you want to like scream at people, yeah, right? It's yeah. like not a nice thing, but you also want to talk to everybody too and make them feel included. So I think that's a good mix of people. It's just right. It's not too much. It's not too little, um, but that's great. And talk to me. I want to get into the architecture um, about in Belfast, right? Because in America, our architecture is maybe three, 400 years old, right? I live outside of New York City. There's beautiful buildings there. There's lots of history. And if you look up at the buildings in New York, which many people don't, right? We're on our phones. We're walking. We're running errands. We're doing a million things. But when you take a second to look up at the buildings, you notice the molding. You know, you notice the intricate details. And there's some of them are really beautiful, yeah, right? Yeah. Tell me about Belfast architecture for a second and what is so special about it, right? Because every city, and I'm, I'll argue Europe and even in Asia – and anywhere else in the world, really, 
they all have their own special qualities of architecture. They all have their own stories of architecture. But I'd love to know what is so special about Belfast? Like, why should I do a building tour, an architecture tour in Belfast? Like, what is so special and exciting about it? Well, I think maybe that could be where the name of my tour throws people off because you'll not learn about the architecture from my tour. Um, some people think because of the if buildings could talk, it's about the architecture of the buildings, but it's not. It's about unusual, quirky, interesting things that happened at the buildings. You know. Ah, okay. So it's the it's the history of the building, the right? So if I'm looking at a building, there. There's something that maybe happened at that building ten years ago, or the next building, something that happened here three hundred years ago at this building. You know. Wow. So it's not actually telling me about the the physical construction of the building and uh, who the architect was and where the materials came from and that type of thing. It's more about, um, some people say they have a saying, if that furniture could talk, it would tell a story. Or if that building could talk, or if those walls could talk, that's an expression. Sure. Those walls could talk. Thank or you that, for clarifying that's that. That's where it comes yes. from. If the walls could talk, or if buildings could talk, these buildings have stories to tell. And that, Okay, I like that. So maybe I now have the name me. of the tour wrong. If, if people are looking at it and thinking... <laughs> No, maybe I do too. Uh No, I I think that's important to clarify this, right? And I'm glad we're bringing this up on the podcast too because I kind of – I think you can go either way with it, right? I think it could be if buildings could talk in terms of the architecture, maybe structure, but also if buildings could talk, what's the history? What's the story behind it? So I'd love to go into – I don't want to give you all away your secrets, right? I know your website's great. You post a ton on there about the information, kind of what to expect. But in terms of on this podcast here right now, can you name me three buildings that are a bit unusual in terms of their history and really getting into just a little bit of a story, right? I kind of want a glimmer and a a sprinkle so people really look at your website. But I'd love to know three buildings that have really interesting, unique stories that could be unique to the building, unique to Belfast, both. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, one of them is the Crown Bar. And a lot of people think it's the oldest bar in Belfast. No, but it's not the oldest, but it's the most famous. And it's famous for its style and, and decor inside. And it's, just, it's a beautiful building. The, the couple that took the bar over 35 years ago, it was called the Railway Tavern at that time. And it was Patrick Flanagan and his wife took it over. And they took on the challenge of renovating the bar and renaming it. And Patrick's wife was a big fan of the royal family. And she declared the new name of the bar was going to be called the Crown in honor of the royal family. And Patrick wasn't a fan of the Royals, and he said, oh, no, oh, you'll not be doing that. Oh, and she said, well, is it, I, you can decorate the place whatever way you want, but it will be called the Crown. So it is, it's called the Crown Bar, but in Patrick's development then, he tailed the Crown into the front doorstep so that anybody walking into the bar would be walking over the Crown. So they ah. both, democracy at its best where they both got what they wanted and neither of them was happy. But, <laughs> <laughs> I would say a win-win, but maybe lose-lose. Exactly, so. I don't know what way. And I had... Um, a lot of guests over and they just love the, the features and the architecture of it. It's the National Trust that actually owns the bar. It's not a, a privately owned bar anymore, you know. So So the government owns it? More or less a government thing, yeah, yeah. That's very interesting because a lot of times, and I can only speak to America, unless it's like a national institution, right, unless there is like real history behind it, chances are a private person or a private company owns that. Yes. So that's I've never heard of 
a bar being owned by the government, right? Yeah. I, <laughs> I guess you learn something new every day, but that's very interesting. Are there any other? Well, then maybe uh, two more. The road, the building that's straight across the road from that is you've maybe heard the name of this hotel, the Europa Hotel. Yes, I, I've personally heard of it, but maybe other listeners haven't. Okay, and why would you have heard of it? What do you know of it? I want to say Game of Thrones, oh, but really? I can be really? totally wrong. I'm so I like don't know Game of Thrones well. I know it's very popular, so I people are probably listening to this thinking, "Is she crazy? She probably doesn't know what she's talking about." Well, but... Game of Thrones is very popular, okay, and it's bringing a lot of tourists in through the city. But um, most people know the Europa Hotel because it was bombed so many times during the Troubles. Um, it, mm. it was bombed over thirty times, and there's an amazing story about the hotel. Um, and it's famous for the troubles and the bombs and all the rest of it. But people don't realize how instrumental that hotel was in bringing peace to Northern Ireland. And it's an amazing story. And even lo- wow. local people, when they're taking the tour, at the end of it, think, wow, I didn't realize that. I remember wee bits of that, but I didn't realize how important that was to the peace process. Um, hmm. It was the hotel that um, President Clinton stayed in when he came to Northern Ireland uh, to show his faith in the peace process. So it's a nice story. It's a nice one. That's a nice story. And I think a lot of people probably wouldn't know that. Is the building, has the built, obviously with these bombings, there's so many of them, have they just been constantly rebuilding it? Or do they rebuild certain parts? Like how, how does that process work? Well, no, the whole thing was rebuilt each time. Um, and it would have been, um, it was, whenever it was built, it was the tallest building in Belfast. So it would have been a target for the IRA and it would have been a coup for the IRA if they had taken it down, you know. So any time it was bombed, the British government would step in and say, no, that's not going down. You're building it, you're putting it back together and, and they fixed it every time. So it's, it's wow. yeah, still there. Do you, I have another question for you thinking about this. On your tour, because you're dealing with buildings, right, and restaurants and cafes and all types of buildings, do you have older pictures that you correlate the building to? Like, do you have a picture from, let's say, the 17, 1800s as you're standing in front of it so you can show people the difference of what it used to be to what it is now or that maybe that doesn't even exist, right? No, I, I do. Now, a, a lot of tours you would take, um, the guide would have an A4 folder. And they would have pictures on it. They, they flip it over and just sort of pass it around for people to see. But I have um, we A5 booklets, and I give one to every guest. So when I'm talking about a building, if there's a photograph and, uh, related to the building, they can open it up and look at it as long as they want, or they can just glance at it and close their book over. So you could take your own time with your own booklet and look at it. Not all the buildings have got pictures in relation to them. Some of them don't need them, but all the ones, if I'm talking about something in the past, and... I have a photograph showing you that's what the building looked like before this this event happened and that type of thing. So the guests seem to like it that they have their, their own time with the booklet to look at it for as long as they want or, or put it away, whatever way they want, you know. I like that you offer that. And I say that because a lot of times it's hard for us to like think about that, right, from so back in the day and what it could have been to what we're seeing in front of us. So I think it's really nice you offer a pamphlet, right, a booklet to showcase the pictures that you do have and that you're able to correlate the differences and to explain that history. I, I really like that you do that. I'm a visual learner. I don't know if other listeners are, but to visually see something I think just has such an impact. So I, I personally love that. Well, my last three stories in the tour, that wee section of the tour is called the hotels of Belfast past. 
and it's buildings that were standing outside and then the photograph you have is the hotel that stood there before that building was there and it's a modern building compared to the beautiful architecture from years ago you know every time the guests are looking at it think what happened why did you get rid of that hotel but it was generally something to do with the troubles is the reasons why the hotel is not there anymore that totally makes sense and right and i think I think of evolution, right? Over time, things just change. You never know if there's a war or I think something crazy like an earthquake or anything, right? To make a change happen in a building. So it's great that you're able to talk about the history and to also talk about the building and really give a nice summary of it all, right? To explain to them everything. I think that's really important, uh, especially on your type of tour. Sorry, you were you were looking two or three stories about different buildings. There's another one of the buildings I stop at. It's called the Sunflower Bar, and at the front door there's a a green metal cage. And during the troubles, every bar in Belfast had one of these security cages at the front door. And the Sunflower Bar, the one that's there, is the last one left in Belfast. Wow. Uh, aesthetically, it looks awful, but because of the history of it, that's why it's kept. And taking the tour one day, there's a Canadian lady on the tour. And whenever we stopped outside the building, she looked at it and says, that thing looks awful. Why is it? Why do they not take that down? That's terrible. So I didn't comment, but I finished my whole story about the Sunflower Bar and finishing off about the cage and telling that every bar in Belfast had one of these. And this is the last one left. And she said, nobody should ever touch that. That should be allowed <laughs> to stay forever. <laughs> it's funny that. As soon as you knew what it was. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it's really funny when you think of perception, right? We can see something and think, that's hideous. Why would you keep that there? But it's really until you learn the history, right, of it and understand the story that you think, okay, I get it. Like, we need to preserve this. And you don't want history to repeat itself, right, in any capacity. But it's great to showcase history in that way that's so authentic and so real. And the fact that you can share that story to give perspective, I think, is everything. Which leads me to another question, actually. Do you actually go – I know you kind of touched on this a little bit going into this restaurant with the green metal cage. But do you get to go into every single building that you go into or is it more you stop in front of the building? Are there certain security rules? Like how does that work? No, don't enter any of the buildings. All, all the stories are standing outside the building. Okay. Do they get the op- – like if they want to go in, right, can you tell them they can like after the tour or, you know, do you give them like a map saying, oh, go back – if they want to go back, they can go into this place or they can go into that place or do you need tickets to go into these places or is everywhere you can go potentially for free? If they Again, this is all optional if they actually wanted to go in. Yeah, well, the, the most of the places I'm stopping at now would be bars and hotels. Um, so the buildings, they're free to go into them. The Crown Bar that I was telling you earlier, the decor inside is beautiful. And um, there's times guests want to see it. So when I would finish the story, you can go through the door, walk through the bar, and then back out through the side. There's a clock that I talk about, the Alice clock, and it's an interesting feature. And a, it's worth seeing whenever it's on the air and it's playing out of tune. And the figures of Alice in Wonderland are coming around the clock. And people like to see that. But we are usually there at about 10 minutes to the hour. So it depends on the group. People would say, why don't you start your tour that you hear exactly on the hour? But if your group's small or your group's big, you can't time it the same all the time. No. <laughs> and is it every hour on the hour? Or is it like at 12 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 6 o'clock type of thing? No, every hour up until I think 6 o'clock is the last one. It doesn't ring in the evening after that because of the noise it makes throughout the city. 
that uh, anybody living in that area. Sure, that um, makes sense. But where we finish the tour, then I would tell them where we finish the tour, we're about one minute's walk from where the clock is, and you, you normally finish about five minutes to the hour. Okay. So you have time to walk over and see that. But then you have the other places, like um, there's the Grand Central Hotel. People want to go and see that. There's the Sunflower Bar I was telling you about through the cage. They want to go back there and have a drink. If you were to stop at each of the places that everybody wanted, it would take you four hours to do the tour. Sure. You know? So we just stop and do the stories. And then at the end, they would say, right, this is the place I want to go back to. Where's the quickest way to get to it? And it's never more than 10 minutes walk from where I would finish to any point in the tour of where they want to go back to. Sure. No, and that makes sense. And I, I want to actually go into this a little bit too. So you take people mostly to hotels and bars. Are there any other buildings that you take people to or even buildings that you would suggest people checking out? I don't know if you have three to five additional buildings or bars or hotels or restaurants that you would recommend people to go to that have some type of story associated with them. Uh, there would be, yeah, <clears throat> different places. And Things that I learn from guests as well, you know, as I'm going around, especially with COVID having happened, there was uh, local people that weren't going away anywhere. So they were doing things at home that they wouldn't normally done. Or sorry, they wouldn't normally have done. Um, they would always take tours in a foreign city, but never did it in their own city. But because of COVID, there were, I was getting a lot of local people taking their tours. And because they were locals and they knew Belfast, they were telling me things of different buildings as we're walking from one stop to the next they would point out a building and tell me stories about that so i'm always learning and some of the stories they told me i think right i wonder can i squeeze that into my tour because that is really interesting you know what happened there but um st anne's cathedral is another beautiful building that we walk past and i talk about it briefly as we walk past um they do tours in the cathedral so i pointed out to them if you really want to learn about it come on back and, and take the tour so it's really worth seeing the Game of Thrones is big in the city, and Line of Duty, I don't know if you've heard of it, it was big in the UK, it was a police series, right? Yes. <laughs> and again, there are quite a few spots around Belfast where Line of Duty, on, on my tour, where I would go past where Line of Duty was shot, and you'd be pointing things out to that. But it depends on your guests. Some of them have never seen it and have no interest in it. Sure. So really, when I think of Belfast, right, I naturally think of Game of Thrones. I actually do think of Line of Duty. And is there any other movies associated with Belfast or anything that people really are interested in when they go, right? Because I think of New York um, in terms of just a bunch of shows based out of New York City, right? I think of Sex and the City. I think of Friends. I think of, you know, Mrs. Maisel as a couple big shows. Are there any other shows that would be well-known to people that Belfast is known for? It wouldn't really. No, those two you mentioned, the Game of Thrones and Line of Duty, but uh, the movie Belfast that won the, the Oscar there recently, um, I think that's going to bring a lot of visitors in to see Belfast and see what the streets and, and the city was like at the time and hear the stories of what the city was like. So, uh, But the Peace Wall is still there as well in Belfast, even though um, the Good Friday Agreement was 24 years ago. The Peace Wall is still there, and a lot of tourists come to see that. Uh, it's more—it's nearly more popular than any movie or any TV show, you know? Yeah, no, that's very interesting, and thank you for sharing that. I love to get into food, right? Because you've mentioned a couple bars and restaurants that have a lot of history. I'd love to know this, right? I feel every time you go to a new country or a new city, they're always known for something, right? When I think of Italy, I think of pizza and pasta, when I think of Lis Lisbon, I think of Pastel de Nats. When I think of even America, we're known for apple pies and hamburgers. 
Is Belfast or even Ireland known for particular types of food and drinks that you think people should check out? Belfast is really up there at the minute with their food, but it would be fresh foods, you know, fresh ingredients. And if you were to open a restaurant in Belfast now and do it mediocre, you wouldn't survive because the competition is so good. Uh, there's very few restaurants that, that are not good. You know, you could even the cafes are very good. And it's not that they have... Um, like they would be doing pasta or pancakes or anything like that. It's it's just their ingredients would be would be fresh and local. A lot of it's local. There's a shop in in Belfast called Sawyer's, a very very popular shop. And I was talking to Kieran one day. I, I think it was ten years ago. Three percent of his products were locally sourced, and today it's fifteen percent. Now that's a big jump in ten years, and it would be meats and hams and chutneys and jams and all that type of thing. So the the local business for production of food is very good in Ireland, and it's a very good standard as well. That's good to know. Yes, I have heard this before, your standards. I think in Ireland it's amazing the standards that you have versus other places, right? Um, I think that's very interesting. But I also like was thinking about food. Are there like beer companies that are known for in Ireland that you can only get in Ireland or just in Belfast, like any distilleries, um, any types of food in particular? Like I'd love to know like that hidden gem type of thing. Right. Well, you're asking the, the wrong boy here because my palate would be McDonald's and Kentucky Fried <laughs> Well, that's very honest. Well, what about beer, right? Do you drink beer? I'm a Guinness man, yes. But okay. there's uh, local breweries, and um, I don't know what it's like in in America, but gin has taken off very big. And there would be local gin, uh, I don't know what you call gin brewers or gin makers would be the term. Um, there's a lot of that in the city. You, the, the bars would be stocking local gins and local beers. Uh, that Sunflower Bar I, w- I was telling you about, it's um, it doesn't stock the regular beers at all. It's all craft beers. And it's very, very cool. Yeah, very popular for that reason. It's all craft beers and that. Yeah. I love that. I want to circle back to your tours for a second. Now, doing buildings, right, and having these the history, right, and explaining to people the stories behind them. What are some things that surprise people when they go on your tour? I do. I would say how entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> They come away from it thinking, I thought I was just going to get a history lesson rather than getting a bit of a history lesson and a bit of a culture lesson and a bit of entertainment. The whole thing rolled into one. That's a hard one to That's answer, okay. honestly. I think it's, you know, I, I'm just trying to, you know, see, right, what people can expect, right? Obviously expecting your personality, your knowledge, right, your wisdom, but it's also what do people walk away with, right, in terms of being shocked, surprised, eager, you know, I... I'm always very curious on that. Mm. There was a girl, sorry, there was a girl put a review up one time. She was saying, you'll walk away from this tour shocked, surprised, uh, laughed, and want to know more. I love that. I think that's really cool. Yeah, because some of the stories, it's not about the troubles, but you can't do a tour in Belfast, but you're touching on the troubles somewhere. For example, I'm talking about the Europa Hotel. It was bombed over 30 times, so you're mentioning the troubles there. I mentioned John Lenehan, who's caught up in four different bomb attacks. So there's different things you're talking about with the troubles. Um, so you are touching on it, and it sort of whips their appetite a wee bit for, wow, this happened in my lifetime, you know, and it's, it's not that long ago since it was all over. Um, so they like to hear bits of it, but they don't want to be bombarded with a whole tour. 
Sure. I think when I go on a tour, you want to know the facts and some of the history, but really you want to walk away feeling like you got to know the person, right? It's a personality thing. I'm not going to remember every fact and everything you've mentioned, but I will remember your energy and how electric you were and how you made people feel. So I love that. And I have a couple more questions as we slowly-ish wrap up here. Are there any buildings right, or hotels or bars or restaurants in Belfast that you feel are really, I don't want to say out there, but they don't feel part of Belfast, right? Like, do is there buildings or restaurants or hotels that you feel are just not part of the Belfast culture that you probably know and love so well that you should tell people maybe stay away from or not check out? God, no, I wouldn't think so. No. There's nothing that I know of in the city that would tell people to stay away from. No. That's good. I, I like to just, you know, see if any new buildings came up, right, or anything that people aren't sure of. And when it comes to getting around Belfast, right, is it a city that you can easily walk around? Is it a city that you need a bus or is there train systems? Like, how does that work for people if they want to navigate Belfast in general? What do you recommend to any tourists going on your tour? Well, if you're in Belfast city centre, you could walk to everything that you want to see. <clears throat> Honestly, 30 minutes right, 30 minutes left, whatever, you would be taken in the whole of the city. And it's very flat, so it's very easy to walk. And there's a good transport system, and there's a lot of taxis if you're going right to the very outskirts of the city. So it's very, very easy to navigate Belfast city centre. It's not a big city, you know. Sure. No, that makes sense. And I'm glad you shared that because a lot of times people feel they don't know a city, right? Like I don't know Belfast. I could look on a map and say, oh, okay, it looks kind of big, kind of small, but I wouldn't know how to really navigate and understand the landscape of it. So I'm really glad you said that. I had a lady on tour a few weeks ago. uh, She was from Edinburgh. She was 90 years of age. And I thought, my God, does she know this is a two-hour tour walking two miles? But whenever I met her, she was as fresh as a button. And she doesn't have the internet, but when she's going on holidays, her insurance covers her for 30 days at a time, 31 days at a time. So she will go on holidays for 30 days every time she goes away. And she gets her friend in the apartment next door to book her a hotel, whatever city she's going to, book an hotel, any hotel at all, somewhere in the city centre for two nights. And within those two nights, I'll find a hotel anywhere in the city that I like better. And that's how she works her trips everywhere she goes. So she landed in Belfast with two nights in a hotel and she walked around and she was going to stay in the hotel she was in because everything was so accessible in the hotel she was. But the hotel was booked up by the time she came to the weekend, so she had to move to another one. And she was there for a few days and it was fully booked and she had to move again. She says, I'm currently in my fourth hotel because every time I can only get a few days and then it's booked up again. But every hotel she moved to, it was another part of the city, but it was still close enough for all the things she wanted to do. She was a great character. And halfway around the tour, I thought, see, does she want a rest here? You know, I said, there's a coffee shop at the end of the street. If you want to stop, we'll have a coffee and a bit of a rest. She says, remember now, she's 90 years of age. She says, no, no, I'm okay. But if you want a rest, we can sit down. (laughs) Oh, well, I love that anybody couldn't go on your tour, right? You could be any age, right? Anybody who is interested in buildings, right? And knowing the story behind them. And two more questions I have before we really do wrap up here. The first one I have is, I know you're not an architecture tour and I know it's more buildings, 
but I'd love to know just a general design, right? Like, do you know what the materials are that they used on some of these buildings? Um, just any type of design that's known to Belfast? Like, do you know any of that stuff um, in terms of just context of the building? I would know very little of it, to be honest, but very little. Um, some of the buildings now, well, a lot of the ones that you see the beautiful architecture on them, they would date way back and they go back to the time of the British Empire. So the materials could have been coming from anywhere around the world because of that. Um, the Grand Opera House is a beautiful opera house in the city and the plaster detail inside, a lot of it has got uh, Indian theme to it because it was um, at the time of the empire where the empire was controlling India. There's um, gods and elephants' heads and that type of thing into the plaster work. Um, but the, there wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a case of it's all coming from the one place. There'd be a lot of different materials for, for the different buildings. It was a very, very wealthy city years ago. Now, the, the ordinary working man wasn't wealthy, but the people running the business businesses were phenomenally wealthy. And you could see it in the buildings. Some of the buildings, uh, Belfast would have been producing more linen than anywhere else in the world at the time. And some of the buildings in Belfast that were used as warehouses for linen, linen are just phenomenal. When you see what a warehouse is today, you know, they're just plain uh, metal buildings. Now. And these things are beautiful architecture. I think that couldn't have been a warehouse, you know, but that's the sort of money that they had. They could afford to do it. And labor was cheap to them as well. So there's um, great history. If somebody was doing that sort of architectural thing, there is great history to it. And uh, it just doesn't interest me. I, I have more of an interest in the, the quirky stories of things that go on and how odd, weird and odd things that happened around the city. Uh-huh. No, I, I appreciate that. I think some people would like to know like a, a glimmer of it, but I love that your tours really go into the heart and soul of you and talking about the buildings and the quirkiness and your stories around them, right? And those aren't things that you can simply just do a Google search on. Mm-hmm. So I love that. And my last question, we kind of touched on this earlier, but I love to ask this at the end of every episode, is how do you want people to feel after they experience your tour? I know other customers that you've had in tourists mentioned shocked, surprised, um, engaged, right? But if you could decide, right, or have your own words, how would you want people to feel walking away from it? Um, I would like them to say that they were informed, educated, and entertained would be the three words I would use. I like that. All very simple, but that's wonderful. And Barney, I am so honored that you came on the podcast today to talk about if buildings could talk tour. We really got into just the buildings, right? Your stories, the history. I think Belfast is such a beautiful city. It's so interesting. It's somewhere I'd love to go in my life. Um, For any listener listening to this, maybe this opened your eyes to want to listen to something and really go somewhere new. So I'd love for you, Barney, to again... Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your knowledge and wisdom, but I'd love for you to shamelessly plug away your website, your social media, and most importantly, how can people book a tour with you? Well, I'll I'll jump on the back of of the best tour in Belfast is DC Tours, and they'll be the most established tour in the city. They'll be the gold standard boys, and they cover the troubles. And a lot of people coming to Belfast want to hear about the troubles. So if you're looking to do DC Tours, Come and do my tour the next day. <laughs> They'll tell you about the troubles and I'll entertain you the next day. And I have, if Buildings Could Talk Tour is my website. 
And then I'm on Facebook and Instagram as well, If Buildings Could Talk To Her. So the website, ifbuildingscouldtalktour.com, and you can book there or you get the link through Facebook and Instagram. Um, as well as that, then, I think I'm the only one in the city then where I'm on the street regardless. If I don't have any bookings at 10 o'clock or 1 o'clock, I'm there anyway. And if you happen to walk past and you want to do it without a booking, you can come along and do that. So there's your options. Thank you so much for tuning into Travel Experiences Reimagined podcast. Click the subscribe button to learn about a new tour guide or host each week, where you'll find out more about how they got started, talking in detail about their experience, and any fun facts or tips that they'd like to share. Do you have an experience that you would like others to learn about, whether it is a tour, excursion, adventure, or experience? Fill out our form online, on our website, at www.travelexperiencesreimagined.com for a chance to share your story and experience so others can learn more about what you have to offer.